Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 5.45 a.m. Central Daylight Time. It is the 12th of October, 2021. This is episode 490 of Bitcoin, and this is not a negotiation. Yeah. Kind of blew up over the weekend. Uh, Had um, picked up a a tweet of a guy basically bitching at at his local school council and then proceeded to serve them while he was talking with a $200 million lawsuit. It made every single member of the school board shift in their chairs rather uncomfortably. And at the end of this thing, he says, I will, it doesn't, he said something like, it doesn't matter if you get this thrown out of court, I will serve you with another lawsuit and another lawsuit and another lawsuit. And I will keep you buried in paperwork until you are unable to facilitate your job. This is not a negotiation. And I was like, holy shit, dude. This guy just like laid it right the fuck out, man. And then um, almost immediately, so I just say, quote, you know, in a tweet, this is not a negotiation. And then I wanted that saying on a black flag with a Bitcoin symbol. And you guys answered like in droves. And one of the best ones that I've seen so far is from Zonefog1, at Zonefog1, that's the number one, and he's got, this is not a negotiation, wrapped around the Bitcoin symbol, and honestly, it's one of the best looking damn things that I've ever seen, and a whole bunch of other people came out of the woodwork to to give flags and whatnot like that. This, this, uh, this particular one, this is not a negotiation wrapped around the orange Bitcoin symbol, if I don't see this on t-shirts and hats, you know, soon, I'm just, I'm, you know, I can't, I can't facilitate that myself right now. I just, I just ain't got the damn time, but I think zone fog is thinking about putting it on t-shirts. This, this would probably be the one t-shirt that I would actually, you know, discard OPSEC for and wear around because honestly, we're getting to the point where this is not going to be in a, a negotiation any longer whether it's with Bitcoin, our rights, the way we think about people lying to us, like the whole Southwest Airlines deal. I won't even get into that. If you're not following Airmageddon, man, you, you need to be watching what's going on with Southwest Airlines uh, flight cancellations and the FAA and their bullshit arguments as to why this all happened in the first place. But we've got better fish to fry, and we're going to start with... Uh, a little bit of Steve Hankey, Mr. Hankey over here. He says, Bitcoin is a speculative asset. Its prices are always a roller coaster ride. Bitcoin is no exception. Fasten your seatbelt before entering and enjoy the ride. And he's got a nice little cartoon down here. It shows an old lady pointing at a little cute dog and a guy behind him. And 
The guy says his name is Bitcoin, and she asks, is he friendly? And the man says, sometimes. I got to hand it to Steve Hankey on this particular tweet. This is a good tweet. This is, this is a good one. And it demonstrates probably the most salient view that Steve Hankey has ever had about Bitcoin. This is true. Sometimes Bitcoin is friendly. Sometimes Bitcoin is not friendly. But this is why Bitcoin, because I don't have the choice as to whether or not Bitcoin is going to treat me nice or throw me around the room like a roofied rag doll or something like that. But in either event, Steve very well may be coming around because honestly, this is actually a good take on Bitcoin because it's actually true. He's not just blowing, you know, blowing smoke for the sake of blowing smoke. He actually has a salient point here. So reach out to Steve Hankey over the next few days and uh, show him some uh, love and just say, I don't know, good tweet or something like that. Now, another dinosaur has entered the room. Bitcoin is worthless. Our clients disagree. JP Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon says Liam J. Kelly's got it for decrypt.co. Despite a 17% rise in the price of Bitcoin over the past week, one crypto bear remains unenthused. Quote, I personally think Bitcoin is worthless, said Jamie Dimon, CEO of JP Morgan, during the annual meeting for the Institute of International Finance. It's the latest in a succession of bearish statements from Dimon over the years. Diamond began his streak back in 2014 when he told CNBC that Bitcoin was a terrible store of value and that the cryptocurrency can be replicated over and over. Over the years, he has called the leading cryptocurrency a fraud and fool's gold, earning the position of proverbial punching bag among crypto evangelists. <clears throat> they got a tweet here from Ryan Selkis who says, uh, basically gives a, a series of quotes from Jamie. It says, in 2014, it says terrible store of value. 2015, will not survive, will be stopped. 2016, it's going nowhere. 2017, it's a fraud. 2018, don't really give a shit. 2019, JPM coin launch. 2020, not my cup of tea. 2021, I have no interest in it. Fool's gold, worthless. And then there's a BTC chart that basically just makes Jamie Dimon look like a complete fucking idiot. Anyway, since his initial comments in January 2014, when Bitcoin was trading at roughly 808 bucks, the leading cryptocurrency has increased in value by 7,027%. As of yesterday, prior to his latest comment, Bitcoin has enjoyed a hefty 16.8% rise over the past seven days. This is part and parcel of why JP Morgan's clients also appear to be in stark disagreement with the bank's chief. Quote, our clients are adults. They disagree. That's what makes markets. So if they want to have access to buy yourself Bitcoin, we can't custody it, but we can give them legitimate, as clean as possible access, says Jamie Dimon. Already, advisors working with JPM Morgan are allowed to help clients buy and sell five cryptocurrency-related products from Grayscale and Osprey funds. This includes exposure to Bitcoin, Shitcoin 1, Shitcoin 2, and Shitcoin 3. The advisors are not allowed to solicit these products specifically, but if clients ask, they can sell them. God, that sounds that that almost sounds like a way to some of them. I don't know. That sounds familiar. It sounds like a, a familiar ruse to get around police entrapment, right? And continuing during the meeting, Diamond also said that the cryptocurrency industry cannot avoid regulation, no matter what anyone in the room thinks. Not what any libertarian thinks, nor what anyone thinks about it. Government's going to regulate it, he said. 
stable coins and their providers have so far bore the brunt of this regulatory fo focus. A recent filing from Circle, the company behind USDC stablecoin, revealed that the company was cooperating fully with the investigation by the SEC. Gary Gensler, chairman of the SEC, has repeatedly called for further consumer protection laws in the crypto space as well. The use of stablecoins on crypto platforms may facilitate those seeking to sidestep a host of public policy goals connected to our traditional banking and financial system, anti-money laundering, tax compliance, sanctions, and the like, said Gensler earlier this month. So there's Jamie Dimon with yet his proclivity to bash on Bitcoin, especially at times when it's going up. Makes me think that he wants to keep it squashed down so that he can load up his bags. You know, it really wouldn't surprise me. I mean, honestly, how much of an idiot would you have to be? Let's move on. Venezuelan International Airport to accept Bitcoin payments, according to a report. Helen Parts tells us about it from Cointelegraph. <coughs> A major international airport in Venezuela is reportedly preparing to start accepting cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin as payment for tickets and other services. Simon Bolivar International Airport is working to enable cryptocurrency payments to comply with local industry standards, regional news agency El Siglo reported on Sunday. Also known as Majueta, the airport is located in downtown Caracas, the capital of Venezuela. According to Majueta, Airport Director, Director Freddy Borges, the airport plans to accept many cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Shitcoin 1, and Shitcoin 2, and Shitcoin 3. He said that the airport's administration would introduce new payments options in coordination with Venezuela's National Superintendents of Crypto Assets and Related Activities. The introduction of crypto payments at the airport would mark the company's commitment to advance toward international standards and drive digital currency adoption, Borges noted. According to the executive, the crypto payment option would benefit foreign tourists, including those from Russia. Why are they singling out Russia? Oh, well. Quote, we must advance in these new economic and technological systems to be accessible, Borges reportedly stated. The news comes amid Venezuela experimenting with the central bank digital currency, with the country's central bank launching the Digital Venezuelan Boulevard on October the 1st. Unlike a CBDC, which is pegged to Venezuela's national currency, the Petro is an oil-backed cryptocurrency launched by the government back in February of 2018. <clears throat> Several airports and airlines around the world have been exploring ways to introduce crypto payments and blockchain-based functionalities in recent years, providing better options for cash payments and improving customer verification services, including COVID-19 test results. Oh, God. In March, Latvian airline Air Baltic started accepting Shitcoin 1 and Shitcoin 2 as payments for tickets after rolling out crypto payments back in 2014. Yeah, good luck with all that shit, bro. But, you know, here we go. It's another Latin American country. <clears throat> And arguably the first Latin American country to, to start playing around with something like a blockchain, although it was a complete and total ridiculous display when the Bolivar came, digital Bolivar or the Petro came out. Anyway, it doesn't matter because Latin America is going in a direction that cannot be stopped any longer. The, the momentum is, is the momentum that they have at this point is, is too strong. So you're going to see Central America, well, Central and South, or just all of Latin America, you're going to see that thing 
explode with opportunities for so many different people, whether they're already the indigenous people or people that are coming in as expats that want to move from their country of origin to some place that, oh, I don't know, maybe treats them better. We're, we're going to have to see about treating them better, though. It's not like Latin America has the best track record of any of this. But then again, you know, honestly, what, what country really does at this point? Have you seen what's going on in Australia? A quote unquote, first world Western culture? Yeah, I wouldn't want to be there. You know, the United States of America is maybe the last bastion and it ain't exactly looking too good, guys. So we will, we're just going to have to see. And we're going to have to hope that the technology behind Bitcoin and the ethos behind Bitcoiners are able to stem the tide of this human malaise that we've been sitting in for, oh, I don't know, what, a couple of thousand years or so. But it, there's nothing we can do. We're going to have to wait and see. So this guy's not going to wait and see, though. First USL pro soccer payer gets paid in Bitcoin. <clears throat> Bitcoin Magazine's Nick Hoffman has it. Center back for the Birmingham Legion, Alex Krognally. Was it Krognally? Crognally, now we'll go with Crognally, has become the first professional soccer player in the United Soccer League to get paid in Bitcoin. Crognally took a total of 15% of his salary in Bitcoin last month and facilitated this exchange via Bitcoin payroll services BitWage. Quote, I've been buying Bitcoin since 2020 using various exchanges, Coinbase, Binance, Cash App. I've tried them all. <clears throat> the BitWage platform allows me to dollar cost average into Bitcoin with ease and without transaction fees. I have a percentage of my salary paid in cryptocurrency that is direct deposited into my wallet. Crognally has taken notice of the monstrous expansion of the monetary supply by central banks over the past year due to COVID-19, and having a background in economics helped him see what was wrong with fiat currency. <clears throat> this caused him to become, quote, increasingly interested in Bitcoin store value properties, end quote. Quote, the United States Federal Reserve responded to the damaging impact of COVID-19 lockdowns by printing massive amounts of U.S. dollars. The more stimulus money pumped into the economy, the less the dollars in our pockets are worth. Quantitative easing was necessary to keep our country from falling into a depression, but the long-term impact was understated if mentioned at all, he commented. <clears throat> he understood that Bitcoin fixes this that this is a distributed monetary asset that no government or central bank can control or print more of. He went on to comment, quote, the predictable supply of Bitcoin makes it resi resistant to inflation and not in the control of any one entity or government body. People now have a vehicle to store their wealth without the risk of anyone printing away their savings. Bitcoin is for everyone. Anyone with an internet connection can now store their wealth in Bitcoin and save it for the future. <clears throat> By going public with his announcement, Crognally hopes to inspire others to take advantage of the benefits and opportunities that Bitcoin provides. Quote, if I can help educate or inspire someone in my shoes to take control of their wealth and put it into sound money, Bitcoin specifically, I want to take that opportunity to share my story, end quote. 
Though Crognally is the first USL player to get paid in Bitcoin, he is not the first Major League Soccer player to get paid in BTC. Earlier this year, Toronto FC's Ifanuayachi Akara took part of his salary in Bitcoin to store his value and send remittances to his family back in Nigeria. So there you go. More sports personalities getting into it. And on the back of what, uh, if we remember what Jamie Dimon said about the regulatory landscape of Bitcoin, where he just said that no matter what you want or who you are <clears throat> or what you think, uh, governments are going to regulate it. Well, that, yeah, I mean, regulation is coming and we always knew that. And yes, it's going to be very, it's Bitcoin of all the things in the world are probably, is probably going to be the most difficult thing to actually regulate. But does that stop it from being a store of value? I don't think so. I, I really don't think that the United States government is going to pass up an opportunity to keep, well, to keep power. Although there's a lot of you out there that are saying, well, we've already made a deal to, you know, to give our power over to China. But, you know, and, and I get that argument. I mean, I've, I've, I've heard that argument before and I'm not saying that it's wrong. Uh, people act in really weird ways. However, Human nature is such that once you have the power, you might say you're going to give the power over and you might even pretend that you're doing so. But at the end of the day, do people really do that? And the answer is not really. <laughs> no, they not really. And not, a, not at this scale and not with, not with what's on the line. The amount of, of power we're talking about by giving U.S. control of the world to China, you know, whether you're going to tinfoil hat that or not, doesn't really matter. The, the amount of power that we're talking about is, is, is beyond anything that the world has ever seen. I would not expect, even if it was like a cadre of people from, you know, from Davos and all that shit, I, if they're going to do this, then they've got something going on on the other side of that transaction. And I don't think it's just a paycheck from China. I really don't. I think there's something else going on. All that said, is regulation of Bitcoin going to stop it being a store of value? No. Are all the shit coins in trouble? <clears throat> you damn right they are, because they're going to be low hanging fruit. Now, uh, let's see here. Let's do this one first. Satoshi's Ark, uh, Bitcoin Magazine, Jeremy Garcia. Satoshi's Ark will save Bitcoiners. Imagine all of the people who laughed at Noah when he was building his ark to save his family from the inevitable flood that the Creator was going to unleash upon the earth. Noah's faith was greatly tested as he spent month after month building a monstrous ark for an event that had never happened before. Passers-by would have mocked him with such questions and comments as, why are you building such a big boat if there's no water in sight? You're wasting your time. Where is this flood? You're a fool to think that a flood is coming. Just rest, eat, drink, and be merry. No need to worry about a flood, and you are crazy. <clears throat> These are the same questions that Bitcoiners get from digital passers-by as they build their own arcs for the inevitable flood of fiat that is coming. Arguably, it's already here. Just as the creator told Noah that a flood was coming, Satoshi warned the whole world of the impending flood of fiat with a message encoded in the Genesis block that read, Chancellor, on brink of second bailout for banks. Satoshi went on to build the amazing Bitcoin protocol that provided the building material for Satoshi's ARC, Bitcoin, the asset. 
In the same way, <clears throat> the Creator created an amazing earth that provided the resources for Noah to build his ark. Satoshi's ark would enable the whole world to save themselves from the impending flood of fiat. The only difference between Bitcoiners and Noah is that the fiat flood started before Bitcoiners could even build their arcs, and it is about to get much, much worse. When Nixon depegged the U.S. dollar from gold in 1971, he essentially enabled all fiat currencies to be printed in a perpetual flood. We are living in a once-in-a-lifetime moment in history where all countries that can flood their own economy with fiat are doing so at an ever-increasing pace. The floodwaters of the world's fiat currencies <clears throat> are quickly inflating away the value of human time and stealing our livelihoods. Those select few that listen to this message of Satoshi are building their arcs by replacing their ever-inflating fiat currencies with Satoshis. For every dollar, euro, won, rupee, or any other fiat currency that Bitcoiners replace with Satoshis, <clears throat> the arc gets just a little bigger. The size of everyone's arc has a direct correlation to how well Bitcoiners understand the dire circumstances of the world's monetary system, how big their family is, and how much of their fiat savings that are they are able to save from being flooded away. <clears throat> Satoshi created Bitcoin to cleanse the earth of dirty fiat currencies that rob people of their precious time. Satoshi understood that a dirty fiat world could be fixed with a monetary system that is decentralized, is trustless, has rules but no rulers, has a fixed monetary supply, has capitalistic incentives for miners to protect the Bitcoin network through an ingenious difficulty adjustment, has no bias toward the rich or poor, has the ability to force authoritarianism to bend its knee to the free people, values property and compensates the time energy expended by humans, requires proof of work, perpetuates prosperity through free market incentives. As Bitcoiners prepare their arcs, for the huge wall of fiat floodwaters that continue to consume the world, they are also diligently trying to teach and convince their loved ones to build their own arcs. As frustrating as it is for Bitcoiners to teach newcomers about something that only the Bitcoin rabbit hole can teach them, they patiently and steadfastly coax pre-coiners closer and deeper into the rabbit hole. After the flood of fiat has receded, the Bitcoin standard will bring back life on earth in Satoshi's beautiful time chain will forever remind humans that fiat will never flood the earth again. Oh, it's the promise of the rainbow. Yeah. <clears throat> now nah, that's a good one. That's That makes a lot of sense. Uh, we've been talking about, you know, lifeboats and whatnot like that for quite a while. It was only inevitable in a matter of time before somebody attached it to Noah's Ark. But let us, let us move on. Bitfinex Pay launches support for Bitcoin sidechain liquid. <clears throat> this is uh, btctimes.com. Thomas M. Online merchants can now accept Bitcoin and Tether issued on Bitcoin Liquid a sidechain. Payments applications Bitfinex Pay added support for Liquid this week. Developed by Bitcoin Exchange Bitfinex, the app allows online merchants to accept a selection of cryptocurrencies. While multiple payment services have integrated Bitcoin or are even dedicated to Bitcoin only, <clears throat> Bitfinex Pay is the first full-serve application to support payments via Liquid. The sidechain was developed by Bitcoin infrastructure firm Blockstream and is maintained by a federation of 60 members, most of which are companies in the cryptocurrency or finance sector. The Liquid Network was originally designed to primarily benefit traders, providing consistent one-minute block times and two-minute transaction finality while reducing the likeliness of network congestion. 
<clears throat> a phenomenon many traders struggle with during peak volatility. Since its launch in 2018, however, liquid has come been ha, yeah. liquid has come to be used for additional purposes, such as an additional platform to transact USDT as well as for the issuance of security tokens and NFTs. Bitfinex Pay's liquid integration includes liquid Bitcoin and liquid Tether. Quote, Bitfinex Pay empowers merchants around the world that may not have access to traditional payment systems. Blockstream CSO Samson Moe commented on the new addition to the app. Quote, the combination of the Liquid Network's confidential transactions and fast settlement with Bitfinex Pay's seamless checkout experience is a big game changer. Liquid is one of the most prominent sidechains on Bitcoin with just under 3,300 Bitcoin locked up in the network at the time of writing. Earlier this week, Liquid made waves in the space when a hard fork resulted in a network outage lasting around a day. The Liquid Oversight Board pointed to an issue with consensus parameters resulting in functionaries failing to sign blocks, but stressed that user funds remain safe and unaffected throughout the outage. So there you go. It's just another, it's another instance of pretty much a Bitcoin. I want it's okay. Liquid is predominantly Bitcoin, but it's architecture allows for other things to occur upon it. <clears throat> the one thing that I like about all this thing, this whole liquid thing is that if we were only, only having to use lightning, which is pretty much the only thing that, that I use as a side chain, I, I still don't have need for liquid. Okay. I just, I don't, I haven't even played around with it. So I, I don't really know that much about it as much as the fact that like liquid, it's another way to transact with Bitcoin that is not on the Bitcoin network. I like seeing these build out. Now, I get it. The fact that they're, you know, issuing like, you know, NFTs. I think these NFTs uh, are, are connected. Some of them, are, some of them at least are connected with Samson Moe's game, Infinite Fleet. Um, there are, I think, Rare Toshi uh, is a 2D NFT, but there's some, I think there's some differences there. I haven't really looked into Rare Toshi all that much. I'm just saying it's good to see the ecosystem building up where Bitcoin is the main chain and the final settlement layer rather than wrapping, quote, wrapping your Bitcoin <clears throat> in what's called a wrapped BTC and then throw it on, uh, throw that on Ether or the Ethereum chain and start transacting there. I just, that's, that's not using Bitcoin as the base settlement layer. And if you're not using Bitcoin as the base settlement layer, then you are in shitcoinville. So you can take all this <clears throat> however you want it. Still, I think that having multiple chains that are using Bitcoin as the settlement layer is actually a good thing. Now, uh, for those of you <clears throat> who are thinking about committing espionage, please don't. U.S. nuclear engineer and his wife are charged over the sale of naval secrets for crypto. Coindesk, Sebastian Sinclair. Mm -hmm. A nuclear engineer employed by the U.S. Department of the Navy and his wife have been charged with attempting to sell restricted data to an undercover government agent in exchange for the privacy-centric crypto Monero. 
According to a criminal complaint filed Friday by the Federal Bureau of Investigation, Jonathan and Diana Tobe, both of Maryland, have been engaged in a conspiracy to sell information relating to the design of U.S. nuclear submarines to a foreign nation referred to as Country One in the complaint and supporting affidavit. Jonathan Tobe, an engineer assigned to the Naval Nuclear Propulsion Program, held an active national security clearance through the U.S. Department of Defense, which afforded him access to sensitive information. The charge alleges the pair violated the Atomic Energy Act. The act prohibits the communication, transmission, or disclosure of restricted nuclear data with the intent to injure the U.S. or to secure an advantage to any foreign nation. The use of crypto as payment in a case with national security implications could embolden regulators and members of Congress who argue for curbs on crypto due to what they say is its prevalence for facilitating illegal activity. Uh, see, that's, the, that's the, the, the paragraph to keep in mind here. On April the 1st, 2020, according to the affidavit, Jonathan Tobe sent a package containing a sample of restricted data to a foreign government in a bid to establish a relationship to purchase additional sensitive information. The complaint also alleges Tobe began corresponding via encrypted email with an individual he believed to be a representative of the foreign government. Tobe and his wife, Diana Tobe, attempted to sell the restricted data on three occasions from June 8th to October 9th, 2021, according to the complaint. Unbeknownst to the Tobes, the pair met with an undercover agent on three separate occasions and handed over restricted documents, including encrypted data loaded onto SD cards concealed in a chewing gum packet and half a peanut butter sandwich. Jesus. (laughs) These guys are not all that good. A review of the SD card revealed they contained restricted data related to submarine nuclear reactors. The Tobes have received a total of $100,000 in Monero before they were arrested by the FBI and the Naval Criminal Investigative Service in West Virginia on Saturday. The The complaint reads, the Tobes will appear via the federal court in Martinsburg, West Virginia on Tuesday. Guys, don't commit espionage. That, I mean, honestly, you could, you could hate your government all you want, but it, you know, <clears throat> allowing them, allowing that which you hate to have access to the future of your freedom in such a vile and sinister way is probably not the best way to go, right? If you don't like your government, don't do business with them. Opt out. Don't talk to them. Try to make yourself, you know, really, really small in the presence of such an overarching shadow. Fuck, don't go break into their goddamn buildings with security access, steal shit, and try to sell it to some idiot on the other side of the planet. Especially if you're shoving SD cards into peanut butter sandwiches. That should be your first clue that you suck at this. Let's run the numbers. CNBC futures and commodities. We got uh, flammable liquids are on fire again. West Texas Intermediate up a half a point. $81 for West Texas Intermediate, guys. Hasn't been that high in a long, long time. Brent North Sea likewise up 0.4 or four tenths of a percent to 83. Actually, just, just call it $84. It's $83.99. Natural gas down over a full point to $5.28 in MCF. 
and gasoline is has risen a third of a point to $2.38 a gallon. So you guys in California going to be eating shit for a while. Sorry about it, dude, because that translates to you guys to something like five or six bucks a gallon, I guess. Gold having a good day. Peter Schiff happy at $1,763 an ounce for shiny metal rocks. That is after a four tenths of a point gain. <clears throat> Silver is down a third. Platinum is actually no silver is down a quarter. Sorry, platinum is up a quarter. Copper is down a quarter, and palladium is down one third. Agricultural futures are mixed, and cotton given getting the most love here, two percent to the upside. Let's see here. Uh, indices, <clears throat> everything's going to be up, but basically moving sideways. Of course, you never know what happens during the actual you know part of the day that they're trading. Dow futures are up 0.02%. S&P futures up 0.08. NASDAQ future up a full quarter of a point, though. But let's talk about real money at $57,000. 300,000 transactions performed over the last 24 hours gives us about 1,200, 500 transactions on average per hour with over 1 million BTC being sent in that period. That is about 45,000 BTC being sent every hour on the hour with an average transaction value of 3.57 BTC and a median transaction value of 0.015 BTC or $861. Block times are low, 9 minutes and 36 seconds. 0.15 BTC taken in fees on a per block basis. And whoa, Nelly, 22 BTC taken in fees on a 24-hour basis. I haven't seen it that high in a while. We have had a hash rate drop, however, 10.39% in the last 24 hours, but we are still at 142.24 exahashes per second. And your shitcoin indicator, Dogecoin, is at, whoa, 22 cents or 0.221 US dollars. Yeah, right. Uh, 1,120 transactions waiting on one block to clear. We have a $1.08 trillion market capitalization, which is a full nine and a third percent. Wow, nine and one third percent of gold's entire market cap. And if you so choose, you may purchase 32.4 ounces of shiny metal rocks with your one Bitcoin, of which there are 18,841,566.5 in circulation. 3,026.9 of those are in the Lightning Network, valued at $172.8 million. Run over 15,976 nodes with 75,124 payment channels. And all of that, well, not all of that, 74.1% of that is being run over Tor. Uh, and that means that there is 2,243.3 BTC in the Tor side of the Lightning Network being run over 10,530 nodes. That's going to do it for vitals. Welcome to part two of the news that you can use. I guess I should go ahead and explain why I wasn't here a Thursday, Friday, and yesterday. Uh, the independent school district that my children go to decided, well, actually they didn't decide. This happened last year and the year before. This never happened when I was their age though. I didn't get quote unquote, a fall break, right? You know what I got? I got a couple of days off for Thanksgiving and then I got like a full week off for Christmas. That that That's what I got when I was my kid's age. You know, now it's like this, this 
bizarre excuse for any school district to just shut the fuck down so that they can quote unquote do staff development. I'm like, what are you developing? It's like, you still suck at this. You've been developing yourselves ever since my kids have been going to school. I, what, what is this? What is the curriculum of the staff development? I'd like to actually see that shit. I don't know. But anyway, kids are out of school, jacks my schedule up and it's just sorry so that's if you're wondering what where the hell i was i wasn't dead or in a coma i was just kind of hanging out with my kids making sure that you know they didn't kill themselves because that's what parents do we keep our children alive bitcoin magazine says google partners with bitcoin and crypto marketplace backed okay before we begin and you start screaming i'm reading this not because i think that this is a good idea right? This is just news, right? So keep it in your pants, you know, please, for the love of God, keep it in your pants. I get it. I don't like the fact that Google is going to partner with Bact. Can I do anything about it? Can you do anything about it? If the answer to both those questions is no, then congratulations, you understand Bitcoin. Today, Bact A Bitcoin and crypto marketplace and custodian announced a partnership with Google to extend the reach and usability of digital assets to meet rapidly evolving consumer demand. End quote. Backed users will now be able to add their virtual Visa debit cards into Google Pay to purchase goods and services in store and online wherever Google Pay is accepted. Bitcoin payments will be converted into fiat to make these purchases. Quote, this partnership is a testament to back strong position in the digital asset marketplace to empower consumers to enjoy their digital assets in a real-time, secure, reliable manner, commented Gavin Michael, backed CEO. He continued, quote, additionally, partnering with Google Cloud will enable us to continue to build a best-in-class, innovative platform that can undoubtedly scale to meet the needs of millions of users. The potential reach of the partnership is perhaps the most notable aspect for the Bitcoin network, which has enjoyed a surge in corporate and institutional interest over the past year. Kristen Cliphouse, Google Cloud president of North America, said Google Cloud has been at the forefront of accelerating digital commerce, powering many retailers and merchants. Quote, we are proud to help back to accelerate and scale the availability of their innovative solutions powered by our technologies, end quote. Oh man, there's a lot of suit speak here. While this partnership may not be the ideal payment solution Bitcoiners are looking for, as they will have to liquidate their Bitcoin for fiat before making transactions, rather than just spending it or transacting it seamlessly over Lightning, it is notable indicators of commercial interest of Bitcoin and the growing demand for Bitcoin payment solutions by traditionally fiat institutions. Again, That's the end of the article. But again, people, please understand. I cannot stop Google from using Bitcoin. I can't. That's good. Okay, that's good. Because if I can stop Google from using Bitcoin, then somebody can stop me from using Bitcoin. I don't want to be stopped from using Bitcoin. So this is why this is actually good, even though Google is you know, arguably one of the most sinister, you know, companies on the planet. I get that part, but Bitcoin is for enemies. And if you don't understand that, then you don't understand Bitcoin. I I, I don't know what to tell you. It is the very resilience of Bitcoin that allows it to be used by enemies as well as friends. So that means that it's neutral. I like neutral. 
I don't like imbalance in my in, in, in my monetary systems. And that's what we have in fiat. We have a gross imbalance of what's going on. The fact that Google can do this and I got shit to say about it is good. All right. So just keep that in mind as you move forward in your education of Bitcoin. Top engineers working on Facebook's wallet jump ship to A16Z's crypto fund. <laughs> I laughs in DiCaprio. This is Cointelegraph Samuel Haig. Andreessen Horowitz, A16Z, a leading venture capital firm operating in the crypto sector, has nabbed two of the leading engineers working on Facebook's digital currency project for its digital asset fund. According to a Monday report from CNBC, Nassim, I can't pronounce his name, and Riaz, can't report, uh, pronounce his name either, have jumped ship from Facebook to A16Z after spending two years working on the social media giant's Novi digital wallet, formerly Calibra. Uh, Raez will serve as the chief technology officer while Nassim will take on the role of the chief information officer at A16Z's crypto division. Uh, Raiz stated, quote, Andreessen Horowitz has shown an impressive dedication to advancing the entire crypto ecosystem over the past decade, and we jumped at the chance to join their premier team and provide technical support to their rapidly expanding portfolio, end quote. A16 founder Mark Andreessen has sat on Facebook's board since 2008, one year prior to the launch of Andreessen Horowitz. Anthony Albanese, chief operating officer of A16Z, described the firm's new talent as having a greater opportunity to impact the crypto ecosystem on a very broad scale through their new roles. Quote, they're going to be advising our portfolio companies and protocols to help them make sure that they have the most secure and sophisticated systems around, said Albanese, adding that their previous roles at Facebook were much more specific. Both also worked at crypto custody firm Anchorage before joining Facebook's Novi project. The pair are not the first engineers to have abandoned Facebook's digital currency project, <clears throat> laughs in DiCaprio, with Novi head of strategy Morgan Beller joining VC firm NFX in September 2020 and co-creator Kevin Wheel heading to satellite imagery company Planet Labs in March of this year. While Andreessen Horowitz viewed, or is viewed as a leading crypto venture firm due to its successful and early investments in the likes of Coinbase, Compound, and OpenSea, the firm has recently attracted controversy regarding how its governance voting rights for top decentralized exchange at Uniswap has been dispersed. While A16Z's votes have been divested to university law schools, including the Harvard Law Blockchain and FinTech Initiative, the Harvard BFI launched a governance proposal in May advocating for the creation of a decentralized finance lobbying group, dubbed the DeFi Education Fund. Oh, God. <clears throat> The proposal recommended transferring $20 million worth of uni to the group to fund its operations with the group assuring that it would gradually sell the tokens over the course of four to five years. However, less than two weeks, two weeks after the proposal passed, the tokens were transferred to the DEF at the start of June. The DEF suddenly announced it had liquidated $10 million worth of uni to the shock of the decentralized finance community, attracting criticism of both the DEF and A16Z. Oh, they lied to you, eh? Well, who possibly could have ever guessed that anyway? Although technically 
they didn't sell all 20 million within four to five years. As long as they keep a single dollar to the end of the five years and then sell that one, they are technically actually being truthful. However, it's not hard to get to the heart of the matter. They liquefied half of that shit right out of the right out of the gates. My God almighty people. Uh, Texas Democratic Party aims to use NFT sales for fundraising efforts. <clears throat> oh, it hurts. It really does, man. Turn it right. Coin Telegraph. Woo! Front row. A marketplace geared towards progressive organizations has said that it will be partnering with the Texas Democratic Party to pilot a program aimed at raising money for candidates and causes using, you guessed it, NFTs. In an October 11th announcement, Front Row said it had already minted digital images of key moments related to the progressive movement. What, like the chick crying in her hat when Trump got elected? Is that going to, I'd buy that NFT. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> and it has listed the non-fungible tokens for sale. Some of the featured NFTs included wanted posters depicting conservative Texan lawmakers fleeing the state. Uh, uh, this is so bad. I'm only two sentences or three or four sentences in and it's sort of making me kind of ill. Front Row says that the funds raised through its NFTs will go directly towards political groups and individuals, but did not specify how it planned for the digital purchases to be compliant with current campaign finance laws. <laughs> Under U.S. law, candidates for federal offices appear unable uh, <clears throat> to receive more than $5,800 from a single individual for the sale of one or more NFTs. Quote, <clears throat> NFTs will become a powerful addition to any political fundraising effort, and the launch of our marketplace will give Democrats across the country a fundraising advantage that its counterparts do not have. Yes, they do. <laughs> they have the same access as you do. <laughs> Good God. We can't wait to continue turning powerful, exclusive, behind-the-scenes moments into digital assets that help fuel progressive objectives, said Front Row co-founder Parker Butterworth, likely referring to Republicans. <clears throat> Keeping in line with progressive values, Front Row said it also blockchain platform will... Okay, that's a bad sentence. And I'm going to read it straight up. Keeping in line with progressive values, Front Row said it also blockchain platform will strive to be carbon negative by donating a portion of the NFT proceeds to carbon capture and reduction causes. Though the platform is starting at the state level in Texas, it hinted at expanding to national candidates and causes. Well, of course it is. Through, though many local states and federal candidates for office in the United States have announced that they would be accepting donations in cryptocurrency, likely in a bid to engage younger tech-savvy voters, NFTs have largely been absent from talks in Congress. Cointelegraph reported in August that the current seven, or, sorry, 117th Congress has put forward 18 bills concerning digital assets and blockchain technology in 2021 alone. So NFTs, come into your local elections. And this isn't a good, this isn't a good idea. Although there's no, there's, you know, there, there ain't jack shit I can do about it. So it's just going to have to happen. However, I, I get the feeling that this is going to blow up in their face. Because if, it, if the Democrats can do it, then the Young Republicans Club is 
if they haven't already started thinking about doing it, they are now and they'll do it too. And it's going to be just one shit show after another to the, and hopefully it'll get so the NFTs between the, the values of the NFTs. And I'm not talking about the monetary value. I'm talking about the message that the NFT sends when you look at the picture of what the NFT is, especially because they're talking about these like wanted posters. Okay. Yeah, that messaging, <laughs> that's not going to work the way you think it's going to work. And it's going to end up being a mess and it's going to be end up like the Republicans are going to have their own wanted posters and they're going to have their own moments like when all the te Texas Democrats left. And I'm not really for or against Democrats or Republicans. Honestly, I'm tired of all the entire political genre, right? Because that's all it is to me. It's a literary genre now. You know, it's a time in human history like the romance period. And I think we're now at the, at, at we're, I think we're at peak political period. And we will look, maybe we'll look fondly, maybe not fondly in a thousand years back upon the period that was the romance period, the political period, you know, those types of things, the, the Renaissance, that, that kind of shit. And hopefully this will usher in the fact that we are at peak politics right now, but we don't have time to dwell on this shit because politician Ted Cruz believes Texas's abundant energy is an opportunity for Bitcoin coming out of Scott Cipollina and decrypt. Senator Ted Cruz said last Friday that Texas's abundant energy resources represents a great opportunity for Bitcoin. Quote, 50% of the natural gas in this country that is flared is being flared in the Permian Basin right now in West Texas. I think that is an enormous opportunity for Bitcoin because that's energy just being wasted. Cruz told Jimmy Song at the Blockchain Summit, uh, Texas Blockchain Summit last week. The Permian Basin is an oil and gas rich region in the southwestern part of the United States. Portions of the basin are on both sides of the state of Texas and New Mexico. Quote, a lot of the discussion around Bitcoin views Bitcoin as a consumer of energy. The perspective I'm suggesting is very much the reverse, which is a way to strengthen our energy infrastructure, said Ted Cruz. There is, of course, no surprise that a lot of the discussion around Bitcoin focuses on the cryptocurrency's energy consumption. These days, the largest cryptocurrency by market cap consumes more energy than most of the world's countries. <laughs> no, that's not true. Cruz believes that Texas may get to the point where it uses Bitcoin to offset vast amounts of the energy the state currently wastes. However, the facts today are that Bitcoin consumes over 100 terawatt hours of electricity per year. That means if the flagship cryptocurrency were a country, it would be among or close to the top 30 countries in the world by electricity consumption. That is bullshit. Whether this level of consumption is inherently bad for the environment, however, hinges on what percentage of that energy comes from non-renewable sources like uh, coal or natural gas. Earlier this year, a group of Bitcoin miners released a report that claimed over 50% of Bitcoin mining came from renewable sources of energy, but the report's findings and methodology were widely questioned. On the other hand, Cambridge University suggests only 39% of the Bitcoin network is powered by renewable energy. That means when you factor in the amount of energy consumed by non-renewable resources, that Bitcoin emits the same amount of greenhouse gases as approximately 48 billion pounds <clears throat> of burned coal or 572,000 tanker trucks worth of gasoline. Jesus, Scott Cipollina. The hell? I, 
It's just obvious that these people from Decrypt just fucking can't stand Bitcoin and it's just annoying as fuck. Bitcoin's environmental damage is already well documented. <laughs> but if Cruz is right that Texas could use Bitcoin to unlock standard renewables or stranded renewables, Bitcoin's environmental strain still won't let up. According to research recently published by Digiconomist founder Alex DeVries, Bitcoin's reliance on Bitcoin mining machines that have short shelf lives also contribute to a high volume of e-waste. Yeah, like what the S19 miners that have been, or the S17s that are actually still in use? Is that what you're talking about? Because those have been around for years. They don't have as short of a shelf life as you think that they do. And that is just going to get even better. Why? Well, because some people are... They're not even making miners anymore because they got to figure out a way to up their shit, get out of China and set their roots back down and start their shit up again. Second of all, you got only two semiconductor manufacturers basically in the world that can handle this kind of volume. And one of them is sitting in fucking Taiwan and Taiwan is about to be taken over by China. So you can kiss that shit goodbye. And when that shit gets kissed goodbye, you're going to find any idiot who's going through this e-waste trying to salvage anything that even remotely looks like a miner and either give it a new power supply because the, the chip itself is actually pretty stable. It's the rest of the crap that has a tendency to go kaplooey, right? So these miners that have been ancient history are going to be resurrected and they're going to be pulled out of landfills if what I said actually comes to pass. So... Yeah, I don't know what Scott Chip, I don't know why he's got such a Chipolina on his shoulder about this shit, but the dude really needs to read up a little bit more. Anyway, continuing on, Bitcoin's annual e-waste is so high, it, it's directly comparable to the e-waste of the Netherlands. <laughs> What's more, DeVries research claims that every Bitcoin transaction generates 272 grams of e-waste, which is comparable to two iPhone mini, or sorry, to two iPhone 12 mini devices worth of e-waste. Quote, <clears throat> I can imagine that it's hard for media to cover everything at the same time, but it is something that we need to address. DeVries told Decrypt during a recent interview. Oh, screw you. There is nothing about that. That's like, I think it was like Nick Carter has already put all that crap to bed. And they're and decrypt here's decrypt recycling this shit like we're gonna be recycling miners. It's just it's just it's pathetic, honestly. But moving on, China's BSN to launch portals in Turkey and Uzbekistan. CoinDesk, Eliza Gritzi, I guess is how you pronounce it. <clears throat> China's Blockchain Services Network, or the BSN, is set to launch portals for its international versions in Turkey and Uzbekistan, according to a press release. Red Date Technology, the BSN's architect firm, signed an exclusive agreement with consultancy Turkish Chinese Business Matching Center, or Tukum, According to the press release shared with Coindesk by Red Date, the BSN is a blockchain as a service platform that is accessible through cloud nodes in China and abroad. It aims to make the development of decentralized applications cheap and accessible and in the process also become the de facto infrastructure for a new internet of blockchains. <laughs> laughs in DiCaprio. Supported by Chinese government entities, the network is split into a Chinese and an international version to ensure compliance with China's strict internet regulations. 
The portals will be operational by the end of the year, according to the press release, and will bring the total of infrastructural in, in uh, the total of international portals to five. Back in September, Red Date announced it is launching a portal in South Korea. I don't know why, why South Korea would have anything at all to do with this kind of shit. We, I mean, we fought a proxy war with China over Korea, and South Korea can keep the lights on and is doing well. And North Korea got basically taken by China, and they can't keep the lights on. I would be very careful if I were you, South Korea. Also, this the fact that uh, BSN is opening a portable portal in Turkey makes complete sense because their president has basically been maneuvering in ways that made no sense to me. And now, now they do. So kiss Turkey goodbye. Uh, and that's a goddamn shame too, man. If they could get their shit together, Turkey would be a really cool place to go visit. But I don't think that's going to happen anymore. And that's going to do it for the morning roundup. Dad says, jokes, I'm pretty upset. I burned my Hawaiian pizza today. I should have put it in a lower temperature. Get it? A lower temperature? Aloha? 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 Oh, okay. Maybe it wasn't the best delivered this morning, but hey, you know, you, do, you're not, you don't do a show for a couple of days and all of a sudden things get all out of whack, but... Uh, I'm back. So anyway, uh, if you want to support the show, please do the Breeze Wallet. Stream me some sats. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, my my Twitter tipping is active. So if you want to tip me that way, that's fine. And I also have a Patreon. It's Bitcoin and Podcast on Patreon. And I do appreciate every single person that has sent me a Satoshi, a Twitter tip, uh, uh, become a patron. I, all the all those guys, all of you guys, very appreciated like to see more and more and more. Also, also, tell me what you want in the show. Seriously, it doesn't have to be just a new show. Give me your ideas. If you want me to do something different, do it. And, and the coughing thing, come on, dude, it's five in the morning. I dare you to wake up at five and be able to speak clearly, perfectly while, you know, in the first hour of your day, it's impossible. I'd have to get up at three and go me, 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 me for like an hour to be able to get rid of all that stuff. I'm sorry. I apologize. So if it's not that, please give me all of your ideas. What would, what do you want me to cover? You know, is there a particular news story? If I stay with the news, is there something different that you want me to do? Uh, it's got to be something that I can do, but it can't be something that, you know, I can't. But, you know, uh, I, I kind of want to start opening this up to you guys because you guys are giving me tips. You guys are becoming patrons of the Patreon site. You guys are streaming this show through Breeze. It should be more or less not my show, but our show. It's not just your time and my time, Mr. Hand. It's our time. And certainly... A little pizza on our time would be okay, would it not? I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.